right, what is up, comic book movie fans? My name is Jonathan May, and today I'm joined by a special guest on Comic Book Cinema. This is someone I actually met through TikTok, and he has quite the following there. Mr. Dustin, you want to take away with the uh, introductions there? Uh, yeah, my name is Dustin Vitali. I'm a director, producer. Uh, I own, co-own Cloudy Sky Entertainment. Yeah, I have, uh, I do everything I can in the film industry, uh, but my number one passion is just comics and movies. I love talking about them, so I'm glad to be here, man. Heck yeah, and I was just talking to him before we started the show about that massive movie collection. I love that. <laughs> my my <laughs> wife does not like my movie collection. I'm actually not where I normally, I'm from Mississippi, but I'm currently working, I travel for work, so I'm in Oregon right now. And I might end up six months from now somewhere else crazy. So I can't bring my movies with me. <laughs> I tried that, but it's not very fun when you have to box all of them up. But yeah, man, I'm, I'm definitely an admirer of that very impressive movie collection. Yeah, it's uh, it's something. Um, so uh, I am divorced. I was married at one time in my life. And when I was married, uh, my ex-wife would not have allowed this. <laughs> so this... This happened after that, uh, so I definitely get that. Yeah, it's and it is. It's it's a drug. Uh, I, I should definitely be in rehab for this. <laughs> there's our. Let's just say this. There's already been conversations that we're going to move the movie collection, Jonathan, out of the living room, and that just hurts my heart. <laughs> but oh, anyway, no. so today we are here to review the illustrious in all of its glory, Superman Two. So obviously, Dustin, you're a huge movie fan, and uh, that's why I asked you to come on the show. But I think, you know, I kind of talked about this. I don't know if you've seen any stuff on this on this YouTube channel, but I, I reviewed the first Superman film. And in my opinion, it just obviously the special effects aren't going to hold up. Yes, I appreciate these films for everything that they were, you know, and, and the importance that they I mean, they are huge for the comic book movie, you know, industry. I mean, they paved the way in a lot of ways, but these special effects do not hold up. And I'm sure at the time, you know, I think, don't, don't get me lying on the year of this film. I think it was like late seventies, right? You know, for its time, I'm sure this was the peak of special effects for that original, you know, four Superman films. But that's just kind of the big thing that sticks out. And it's like an eyesore for me personally, you know, because yes, I appreciate this film and everything that it did, but the special effects, man, it's just, it's a big hang up for me. What do you think? Uh, yeah. 1980. That's when this came out. 1980. Um, yeah. yeah, no, it, the, this, this special effects don't, don't hold up, but for the time, it was everything. They were amazing. I mean, it's, it oh, was yeah. something else, but I mean, because of CGI and where we are now, yeah, no, it's, it's not, but if it was not for these Superman films or even the early uh, Batman movies. We would not have MCU. We wouldn't have the DCU. Uh, we wouldn't have Peacemaker. We wouldn't have any of this stuff because there was a time in Hollywood when the studios did not want to touch these properties, they didn't want anything to do with the comic books. <laughs> and that was this era when that these was. Superman movies came out. It was. Uh, it took, well, the first Superman movie, that pretty much almost didn't happen. And that went through so many troubles. So it's, but yes, the special effects at the end of the day 
not hold up. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. You know, and I'm not saying that these movies don't hold a special place in my heart because they absolutely do. I grew up watching these movies on repeat, especially Superman 4, which is unfortunate. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I think that there's a lot of uh, cool stuff that happens in this film. I find myself torn on the whole Lois and, and Superman love story in this film. I think that it's really cool in a different perspective that we haven't seen on something like that in any Superman media. But at the same time, I feel like it's almost unnecessary and pointless. But it does serve as a cool, you know, spot for Superman to be in in this film when three Kryptonians emerge, you know, from his past, like ghosts from his closet, literally. And, you know, here he is, which, by the way, I just thought it was so odd and so I don't know, strange and odd, I guess, are the best two words I can describe his decision, his very fast and hasty decision to just, oh, you know what? I think I'm just going to make myself a complete human for whatever reason, because I, it doesn't really, I guess the movie doesn't do a good job of explaining his motivations of changing himself just like that into a dweeb. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll say this. It's uh, I don't know whose idea that was to make Clark Kent a dweeb. I don't, I don't, I didn't get that one at all um because he's very smart i mean he's got to be a reporter you can't be like yeah. that be a reporter uh see I, I don't know whose idea that was yeah the lois lane storyline yeah should not have been in this um and i'm not a fan of that to be honest with you in any comic book movie i i don't i guess i me personally i don't watch or read comic books for the love affairs or for the, the those subplots no i i want my action <laughs> i'm the same way but so uh, i don't know man it that's... seems like an if you really think about it though especially in origin films there is always that love interest every time every time man, every time it's crazy maybe that's maybe that's uh the studio's way of pulling in uh more people the female audience maybe the female audience yeah I don't know. I one one interesting tidbit is how things were back in those days with smoking in particular. You would never see Lois Lane smoking a cigarette, even in a PG 13 movie these days. So it's just interesting how different the culture was when it comes to you know smoking and tobacco use, I guess, in general. I thought that was interesting to see her smoking in the office like that. Yeah, well, also remember back in the day, you could smoke in buildings. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I remember growing up, uh, I'm an 80s baby, and I remember growing up, my mom smoked in the house. Like, that was just like a thing. And nowadays, it's frowned upon, and a lot of places it's illegal. So I know uh, it's crazy. And I can yeah. remember, I'm, I think you and I are close to the same age. I was born in 88. 86. But, yeah. So I can remember going to Waffle House, and there was a smoking section, you know, when I was a kid. Which is nuts to think about now, you know, like half of the restaurant was smoking like a choo-choo train and everyone else, you know, like that's, that's crazy to think about restaurants in general, but uh, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of interesting. One bit that was really hilarious to me, this is probably the funniest line in the movie, is when Zod and the other Kryptonians are in the White House, right? And they got the president on his knee and he's right about to kneel before Zod. And right before he does, he's like, oh God. And he kneels, and then Zod's like, it's Zod. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
I thought that was so funny. I died laughing. Terrence Stamp, man. He, God, I loved him so much in that movie. He played an amazing Zod. That was something. <laughs> he does a great job, especially for the time. But I have to say, and this may be an unpopular opinion, but I think that Michael Shannon, the work that he did in Man of Steel, of course, now take all this information with a grain of salt, because in my opinion, Man of Steel is in my top five. I absolutely lo love that film. I think that everything that Terrence Stamp did amazing, Michael Shannon just elevated that and took it and really is one of the most underrated film villains of the modern era, in my opinion. He did a great job. So I, uh, so I, I think I, I do have a TikTok where I uh, rank my top ten favorite uh, comic book movie villains, and yeah. I have both both Zods on my list, and I do have Michael, uh, uh, I believe, higher than than Terrence because yeah, Michael definitely took that character to a whole new level. Um, oh yeah, like I like you feel his pain, you know. Yes. Um, whereas with Terrence uh, Stamps uh, Zod. Uh, I didn't get any of that. I, I just got this like warmonger who just, you know, loved to fight and, you know, but with Michael's character, I, I got, the, he really loved his people. You know, he yeah. wanted to save his culture. He wanted to save his people at the end of the day. And it's interesting that you bring that up too, because there was that one bit where when Superman finally brought everyone back to his fortress of solitude, and Zod, the first comments that he makes as soon as he walks into the Fortress of Solitude, he's like, A sentimental replica of a planet long since vanished. No style at all. He feels no remorse for the destruction of Krypton or, you know, he has nothing for Krypton, right? So what you brought up is really interesting, the, the differences between the two. Well, have you noticed this? I, I don't know if many people notice this with, with comic book properties in general, most of the villains nowadays, don't get me wrong, they're still psycho killers, but yeah. they're usually trying to do something where they believe is good, and on yeah. the other side of the spectrum, it is good. Whereas back in you know the 80s and 70s and even 60s, a villain was just a villain. They yeah. just wanted to kill, they wanted power, but nowadays the villains have a message, and it's just so weird. <laughs> the sympathetic villain. And exactly. Right. I mean, look at Thanos from 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 the MCU, the like, ultimate sympathetic villain. Exactly. He he and he's the villains nowadays. They really seriously think they're doing good. Yep. They think you know, you're right, and 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 that's what you're saying is is very very true. It wouldn't hurt if we had more villains like the Joker from the Dark Knight who just want to watch the world burn. Right. Yeah. I mean, you don't always have to have a sympathetic villain. A buddy of mine that I, you know, did a podcast with like 12, 13 years ago. Anyway, we used to always talk about that. He, he used to not like the sympathetic, like the Dr. Octavius, you know, the one that, oh, well, I had a chip right here and everything was under control. But then when the chip broke, you know, everything's out the window. He didn't like those sympathetic villains. And and you're right. We get a lot of sympathetic villains. Probably 95% of all the villains we get these days are sympathetic. <laughs> oh, well, look at, uh, I don't want to spoil anything, uh, but I, I won't try to, but the new Batman movie, the yeah. Riddler, he is a prime example <laughs> of everything we're talking about. Exactly. And you can spoil it. It's fine. By the way, if anyone is watching this and they haven't <laughs> seen the Batman yet, turn this off. <laughs> Go Man. ahead. 
Let's, let's look at the Riddler real quick. He actually thought that Batman was helping him. <laughs> yep. Well, I think that that decision that they made of him calling himself vengeance and everyone calling him vengeance, it was kind of like that path that he went on in the film where eventually he realized that him being vengeance inspired the Riddler. You know, obviously, I mean, Riddler lays that out for him very plain as day. Yeah, so he, he realized that he had to become something more, Dustin. He had to become a symbol. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think that maybe that's a reflection of our current culture, you know, that, or maybe they just, in general, in the movie industry, they think it's more interesting to have a villain that is relatable, I guess, and thinks he's, you know, I mean, obviously all villains think they're right, but I don't know. It, it definitely wouldn't hurt to just have a few maniacs thrown in there, you know, like just, I'm just doing this because I like to see destruction and chaos, you know, an agent of chaos, like the Joker. I think it's a reflection of our society for sure. Because like you said, 60s, 70s and 80s, it was just like, I'm going to rule the world because that's what I want, you know? Exactly. Brings me back to the uh, Adam West Batman days. All those villains, they just wanted to, they wanted money and to rule the world. That was it. It was just, it was a simpler time for villains. Yep. <laughs> they didn't have political agendas. They, they didn't want to save people. <laughs> like, yep. So yeah, I guess, I don't know. Everything was just simpler back in those days too. You know, I don't know why my brain just went to this, but even professional wrestling, you know, in the seventies and eighties to be a, a heel or a bad guy, all you had to do was grab a microphone and say, I hate St. Louis, you know, or wherever they were wrestling at that night. And it was super easy and everyone instantly hated you and started booing you. But nowadays, the fans are more smart to that sort of thing, you know, and, and they're going to cheer you if they want to cheer you. And if you come out and say, hey, St. Louis, <laughs> they're not going to automatically just pop for that. So I don't know. I guess it's just the, the society that we live in now. Yeah. Now as a wrestler, you actually have to be a good guy and then become the bad guy. Like that's you have what to people earn want. Their respect. You have to, yeah, you, you have to earn that heel. <laughs> yep. Another we're getting so off topic, but that's the best part of this uh, of fandom. You right? start one place and you end up talking about wrestling. <laughs> I'll say this too, about the scene where they, the Kryptonians land on the moon, something about how that was shot and the music and the, and the tone that was set there. It was very well done. I, it hurt my heart whenever that guy was trying to get away from Ursa and Ursa yeah. just pulled that badge off. Like that was, I mean, even though, you know, it was a PG movie that was shot, like we're talking about in 1980 or 1979, probably just the way that was done really like made you feel for that astronaut. You know, there wasn't many moments like that in the film, like later on in the film, when you have the Kryptonians and Superman fighting in the middle of Metropolis, you don't really get that sense of dread. You kind of get more of like a cheesiness, you know, because you have the whole bit where they're, you know, <laughs> blowing everyone back and you got the roller skater and the guy that's on the telephone you know you don't get that sense of seriousness and dread throughout the film but in that one little bit right there on the moon that was pretty pretty rough man like i said it hurt my heart what'd you yeah. think yeah no same same way yeah most of that 90 percent of that movie's cheesy but yeah that that scene yeah that's definitely tugs on you um and you know it's weird because that should have set the tone for the movie and then it's like Oh, wait, why am I laughing? <laughs> yep. 
maybe maybe back in the 80s when it came out we weren't alive when it came out but maybe you know they weren't laughing and they you know that was something to them you know but because we've been so spoiled with cgi and amazing writing that yeah stuff don't hold up for us (laughs) 100 man yeah 100 poor otis man he gets the shaft in this one right yes yes he does uh ned Ned beady (laughs) he left in prison ned i i I, it sucks he's gone most of his movies though he gets shafted (laughs) yeah he did he was always the punchline he played it seems like everything after his role in deliverance he just i don't know maybe that that was the time period you know i don't know maybe he was just viewed differently after that scene where he got you know for lack of a better term (laughs) raped (laughs) in deliverance yeah so I don't know. It's interesting to see, like, you know, after that, all of his roles were just – he was a good actor, talented actor. He was – he probably shouldn't have done the Purple People Eater movie. Um, I think that's where he ruined himself. <laughs> I've never seen that, but you probably have a lot more knowledge about film history than I do. It's uh, it's it's terrible. <laughs> Purple People Eater. Uh, it's got him and Neil Patrick Harris and a big purple monster alien from space that loves to sing. <laughs> Interesting. So this is a slightly modern film if it's got Neil Patrick Harris in it. No, this was Neil Patrick when he was uh, 12. Um, oh, okay. This came so, out in, I want to say like 84, 83, somewhere in that time period. It might have been before that. Um, in the Doogie Howser days. Yeah, well, bef- before. Okay. Or right before that. I'll have um, to check it out, man. That that has me interested, intrigued. It, I, I actually, I think it is on YouTube free to watch, um, but it's, it's so bad. <laughs> yes. it's so bad. We get a lot of made up powers. And I think that's another big issue for me for Superman. You know, like there's one bit in the movie where he takes the S off of his chest and he just throws oh, it yeah. and it wraps around Zod like Saran wrap. I just thought that was so odd. And another thing, a lot of this stuff would not hurt Kryptonians. Like, you know, I don't care if a Kryptonian takes a a sewer lid and throws it at another Kryptonian. It's still not going to hurt him. It's just going to hit him and he's just going to look down and be like, okay. Yeah, it wouldn't. Even with the, well, maybe with the force thrown, it could do something. But yeah, I don't know. That's, yeah. Because if you think about it, like when you go to Superman Returns, that came out in the mid 2000s, right? They take a needle and they try to inject Superman with medicine. And what happens to the needle? It just bends. You know, it it doesn't affect him whatsoever. So I think that that's interesting how they were throwing trucks at each other like that would do anything. And then when Zod took that big piece of concrete and threw it at Superman and he lasered it, you know, he could have just let it hit him. And, you know, maybe the, the rubble would have been up on the rooftops, but him lasering it created lots of debris that fell down below you know which probably realistically would have killed hundreds of people <laughs> but oh, yeah let's talk about that fight a little bit what did you think about the big fight in metropolis with those four it was cheesy as hell <laughs> it was it was no man of steel fight <laughs> yep but for the time period it was something and you know when i was a little kid i enjoyed the hell out of that scene oh yeah know? I can't watch it now and take that seriously. Or when I was a kid, it was something as an adult. I can't even, I can't watch that and just not be laughing the whole time. <laughs> it's, <Yep>. just... <laughs> it's not the same. 
It's and uh, like I said in the, in the intro of this video, I appreciate everything these films did for comic book history, comic book cinema, but <laughs> they just don't hold know, up. Well, I I have not watched the Lester version since. Well, when did the Donner version come out? Uh, well, ever since the Donner version. Came Donner version got, yeah, whenever the Donner version got released, I only watched the Donner cut, but I still go back and watch. Oh, I'm these sorry, movies. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. Uh, the Lester version was the theatrical release, and the yes. Donner cut. Yeah, we got way later on, but um, I still go back and watch these movies, and uh, you know, it, it, there's still a good time. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, um, now like awesome. I. Now I have a little sister. She's eleven. Like we'll watch like Man of Steel or like Justice League, and then I'll show her these movies, and she'll be like, "Why are we still watching this ten minutes into it?" <laughs> so I think the newer generation doesn't really appreciate all the, these films all that much. But um, I don't know. It's still nice to go back, and it's also nostalgia reasons. It's still nice to go back and watch them. Well, we have we have so much selection these days. We are oh, yeah. literally spoiled, rotten, like you said earlier. I mean, we have five six comic book movies come out every year and at that time when you and i were growing up we only had like maybe six comic book movies all together you know maybe maybe seven or eight but i mean the quality yeah. levels were not very high and this one was one of the greats at that time yeah back 80s and late early 90s we got one maybe two comic book movies a year um and now there is a comic book property dropped every week. Yeah. I mean, it's it's absolutely insane. Yes, we are very spoiled. And some of your comic book movies in the 90s would be The Phantom and The Shadow. I loved those movies. I still watch them every now and then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's been a long time since I've seen The Phantom. I probably need to go back and watch it because I, when I say it's been a long time, it's been a long time. So... Oh, I, I usually, I actually, I try to watch those movies like once a year, actually. They still, to me, they still hold up. The Rocketeer still holds up. Uh, yes. Ones that don't, I can't, I can't, I can't watch Bob Wire or Tank Girl anymore. They're just, they're just so bad. I never saw either one of those, believe it or not. But when Barb Wire came out, my parents were very strict. So I was a huge Pamela Anderson fan. I don't think there was any boy our age that wasn't. I didn't get to watch Barbed Wire, and it's one of those films that I never went back to watch. I did, however, recently watch Pam and Tommy on Hulu. Amazing. It was very interesting to see, you know, when that film came out, it was very poorly received to say, you know, to word it in a nice way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't, that was supposed to be her movie that kind of took her career off doing something other than Baywatch. But moral of the story, we didn't get very much back in the 90s. And these days, we were just swarmed with content, great superhero films. I mean, The Eternals, everyone was so hard on The Eternals, rightfully so. But at the end of the day, The Eternals is better than anything that we had in the 90s. <laughs> like, literally, hands down. So uh, with that being said, I think that if I had to rate this film on a scale from 1 to 10, the most generous rating that I could give it would be a 5.5. And I think, honestly, that's being generous. Uh, an argument could be made for four or even three. But that's, in my mind, that's kind of where it fits in. Because, like I said, for nostalgia's sake, it still holds on to that that 5.5 for me. What do you think, Dustin? So, 
this is because I used to be, as you can see, I used to be a paid film critic back in the day. Um, what I do with older films, uh, like stuff before 2000, is I'll give it a rating for back in the day, what I would have given it then, and I give it what I would give it now. Um, okay. And I'll go with the Donner cut because I have not watched the Lester cut in forever. Um, I would get back then, I would have gave Superman 2 especially the Donner cut would have got released theatrically. I would have gave it like a seven or eight out of 10 for what it was watching it now. <laughs> uh, it would, it would obviously get a two out of 10. <laughs> this doesn't hold up. It does not. It would be uh, if it came out now and was that it would be something I would see you'd see on the sci-fi channel. Actually it would be poorer quality than that actually um tc her classic movies yeah <laughs> the honestly the only redeeming quality of the superman movies if you take out the nostalgia factor the actors i mean gene hackman was fantastic reeves is always yeah. fantastic oh what's her name uh margaret uh lois uh margaret kidder fantastic. kidder yeah but besides that the special effects the story was weren't that great and i know earlier you said you like superman four or you want you know okay, okay. I can't, so, I, I gotta hear this. <laughs> Superman 4, that is the film that my parents had recorded on VHS, you know, when I was a very, very young age. And I watched it a lot. And for the time, uh, since it's a movie that I grew up watching so many times, I mean, everyone, every kid has that movie that they watch all the time, all the time. For my little girl, it's Frozen. For me... <laughs> it would be Superman 4, unfortunately, The Quest for Peace. And I realize that this film is just like Superman 2, just like Superman 1, just like Superman 3. But for me, personally, it just holds a special place. There are some redeemable qualities if you really take a look at it through a very large microscope. <laughs> there are some redeemable qualities about that film. I mean, the look of Nuclear Man, the one that ended up making it into the film before the original nuclear man but that's a whole nother conversation this in itself is a whole nother video <laughs> but really i'll just say that it holds a special place in my heart and i am such a hard-headed and stubborn person that i will argue my opinion until even if i know <laughs> that it's terribly wrong and no one on earth agrees with me i'm not trying to say that it's it's better than superman uh Man of Steel or anything like that, obviously. But the, the biggest argument that I will make, I think, and this is an unpopular opinion, I think that Superman 4 is better than Superman 3. Mm, see, I, Superman 3, for me, it's the story. I absolutely love the story of Superman 3. But The yeah. only good thing about Superman 3 is the fight that he has internally within himself in the junkyard, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. But the yeah. supercomputer at the end was so cheesy. You know, at least with Nuclear Man, you had a being that was of equal strength to Superman. He had a really cool look for the time. <laughs> it, you know, in my little five or six year old mind, when that film, when I saw it, you know, the first <laughs> dozen times, that felt like a big deal to me. Those two meeting up and fighting, you know, it felt like it gave me the, the same feeling that I, that I got in theaters when I saw the Avengers for the first time, you know. I don't know. It just felt like a big deal to me and it's hard to explain, but that's how I feel. No, it was. I, I do remember when Quest for Peace came out and I remember, you know, being like, okay, oh my gosh, like we, you know, watching Superman three, it's like, okay, finally Superman's going to have somebody like Zod who he can go toe to toe with and it's going to be amazing. And, and then I watched the movie and 
the fights are terrible. Don't get me it's, wrong. Yes, they, they are. Even Christopher Reeves, who not only plays Superman in these movies, but he also wrote the, that movie, came out and said, I wish I didn't do that movie at all. <laughs> I'll give you this. The only, this is my only redeeming quality of that movie. Out of all the movies, it has the coolest poster and box art. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, hey, at least you said something positive about it. That is my only redeeming quality of that movie. It did have the best poster. And when it came on VHS, it did have the best box art. <laughs> yep. Dustin, thank you so much for joining me today. Everyone else at home, what do you think of Superman 2? Let us know down in the comments. If you haven't already, make sure you like, share, and subscribe. We drop two videos a week, so click the bell to get notifications every time we release a new video. You can check us out on Instagram, at Real Comic Book Cinema, as well as TikTok. And by the way, Mr. Dustin, would you like to plug your TikTok? Yeah, it's Nerdy Dustin. Uh, it's uh, I go on there and I talk about all my nerdy hobbies, uh, movies, uh, comic books. So yeah, definitely come check me out. Thanks for joining us today, man. And everyone else, have a wonderful day.